Welcome to Crazy VR Asians. This is a podcast where we discuss the issues Asians can face in the Western world with a critical mind, a bit of healthy debate, and lots of tea. Hosted by Sydney-based digital marketer Sharon Jiang and journalist Juna Zhu. Hello. On today's episode, we're chatting all things tanning versus skin whitening. As an Asian living in the West, do you subscribe to the popularized tanning culture or do you embrace your fairer complexion? Interestingly, there's a lot more to it than just superficial appearance. And we spill all the tea here. Shazabongo. You brought up a really interesting topic the other day when I made a comment about my atrocious fake tan. And it got me thinking. Number one, I'm causing myself an unnecessary dilemma by having to maintain a fake tan that only really looks good for, I'm going to say, the first few days, maybe two Mm. days. And then it starts to wash off in the most unattractive patches. And then there's another dilemma. I also have tan transferring onto my bed sheets, the sofa, and literally everything I touch. Why do I feel the need to change the color of my skin? It's such an Aussie dilemma. Fake tan on your white linen sheets. I'm pretty sure our Aussie audience can definitely relate to this. I mean, you'd think your skin tone is an issue that's only skin deep, but both tanning and the opposite, whitening, have an interesting social meaning behind them. Although on opposing ends of the spectrum, white and tan skin both communicates wealth and health, in inverted commas, in their respective cultures. In the West, tanning represents affluence because it implies a leisurely life. You can jet around and go on holidays. You're basically rich enough to not have to work. Mm, You're so right. So Junesies, tell me, Mm. is your fake tan trying to imply that you're a lady of leisure? I mean, don't lie. We all know you have a brutal nine to five. Mm, I might have another life, Shazza. Mm, That's That's interesting because in our research, we found that in the East, whitening also communicates a corresponding concept. A research paper in the Association for Consumer Research says, not only does skin lightness affect perceptions of a woman's beauty, it also affects her marital prospects, job prospects, social status, and earning potential. Wow. So you're basically telling me that the general idea is that skin color and beauty standards are heavily associated with class. Exactly. We actually found another article to support this claim. Um, This is an article from the South China Morning Post that states that dark skin in the East implies you have an overexposure to the sun during manual labor. So basically, light skin says you're affluent and rich enough to hire workers, whereas you can just lounge around inside. So both whitening and tanning are social capital in their respective cultures. So, Juno, you're half Korean. Yes, I am. Do you want to give some historical examples of what Korea says about white skin? Oh, yes. So, in Korea, you have flawless skin that needs to be white jade, no Mm. freckles, scars, or imperfections, and this has always been preferred since the first dynasty. Mm. Possessing white skin has actually become somewhat of an obsession in Korea, so much so that lightening procedures known as the glutathione injection or most commonly known as the Beyonce injection 
is and remains one of the most popular cosmetic procedures in Korea, year after year. Wow. So glutathione is a substance used to impede the process of pigmentation and therefore lightening the skin. And then you look at K-pop stars, and they're probably one of the world's largest and most influential people, and of course, they're fair-skinned. Yeah. And in many cases, these stars are actually banned from tanning by their entertainment companies. If they tan, they'll get their contract taken away. Are you serious? That is so brutal. Can you imagine being controlled like that by your agents purely for aesthetic purposes? I'll get my contract taken away ASAP. Literally. (laughs) I mean, it sounds so trivial, but you're basically breaking, you're breaching contract for tanning. Mm -hmm. So actually coming from a Chinese background, there is a similar rhetoric for China. Having milk white skin is a symbol of beauty and some Chinese women used to swallow powdered pearls. Yeah, the stuff that you wear around your necks. Jewelry. Jewelry. Jewelry pearls. Powdered pearls. Yeah, pearls. Aye. In the hopes of becoming whiter. <laughs> so there's an interesting Chinese idiom, yi bei jua san chou, which directly translates to one white covers three uglinesses. That is so Brutal. Yeah. It sounds kind of poetic. No, brutal. But it's so savage, right? So, so savage. And from our research, it seems like being white is a beauty standard in Asia. And although it started in traditional Asian values, it is also massively influenced by Western ideologies and colonization. Exactly. As much as being tanned is the current Western standard, there was a time when white skin was actually favoured in the West. So prior to the Industrial Revolution, paleness was the beauty standard. A research paper in the American Journal of Public Health points out that in European literature, there's plenty of evidence that pale skin equaled beauty. So you look at the tales of fair maidens and this all points to fairer skin. Mm. And then during the colonial era, white skin signified purity and dark skin implied villainy. So many Asian countries that were under Western rule for a period of time were actually heavily influenced by Western pale ideals. So you're telling me it was actually quite recently, we're talking modern history, Mm -hmm. that even the West made the transition from pale is beautiful to tanned is beauty. Yes. So how did that happen? Give us a history lesson. Oh my God, It's, it's so interesting. So when the 20th century rolled around, the Industrial Revolution occurred, and that's when the Western world did a complete 360. So you have the lower class who began working inside factories, and as a result of this, there was a lack of sunshine, and then they developed the pale complexions. Mm. And then simultaneously in the 1920s, you have your high-end publications like Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, and they've targeted populations with high disposable incomes. And they published an abundance of articles written about the popularity of tan skin. So for example, there was a 1929 issue of Harper's Bazaar, and that that article title was Shall We Gild the Lily? There is a technique to a good tan, whether by fair means or fake. Huh. Yes. And then you have your good old Coco Chanel, who was on a trip on a Mediterranean cruise, and as she was disembarking in cans, she was papped and she had this beautiful, glowing tan, and that set the new precedent of beauty. Thank you, Coco Chanel. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Coco Chanel was very, very influential in terms of beauty standards. And actually, if we were to go back 
to that 1929 issue of Harper's Bazaar. As much as the flowery language, I don't understand. You know, what is Shall We Gild the Lily? I can actually see the second half um, in a modern article. So the whole, there's a technique to a good tan. That's a very modern title. People, publications are still um, furthering this idea. And also, whether by fair means or fake. In the 20s, they were already thinking about fake tanning. Mm-hmm. So we kind of already know that there is a massive beauty standard in the West, especially Australia, to be tanned. So when I was growing up, the lifestyle was to go to the beach and lie in the sun in your bikinis. It's now considered stylish to be tanned because it represents a healthy and outdoorsy lifestyle, despite all the research that connects UV exposure to skin cancer. And like the 1929 issue of Harper's Bazaar, where they said, whether by fair means or fake, people nowadays are sidestepping the actual tanning and have turned to fake tanning. Me. Like, exactly like you. (laughs) Like me. Like your dilemma in the very beginning. Just label it Juno. (laughs) Basically, fake tan on the sheets. (laughs) So get this. The self-tanning industry is valued at 1.45 billion US dollars. That's my money mm-hmm, basically <laughs> you're contributing to a large portion of that and this was done by the consulting firm grandview research it is predicted to grow with a compound annual growth rate of 5.9 percent from 2019 to 2025 you're saying that it's just going to keep on growing yes people are buying into that fake tanning stuff the tan in a bottle yeah Okay, before we go on, I feel like we must put a disclaimer for public health purposes. Mm -hmm. To quote an iconic Aussie ad by the Cancer Council, there's nothing healthy about a tan, unfortunately. sorry. I remember that one. Mm. That ad was playing all through my childhood. It's the tanning is skin cells in trauma. Yeah. But, you know, all jokes aside, honestly, slip, slop, slap, put on sunscreen, put on your SPF. This episode isn't sponsored, but just thought we'd do our due diligence. So, moving on. Yes. Oh, can I talk about my fake tanning products? Yes. Go for it, Juna. <laughs> okay, I received a press release from a famous Australian tanning brand, and it said that on average, they have sold $55,000 worth of products per day this year. Whoa. And that just proves how coveted the tanning Whoa. industry is. Per day. Per day. Oh, in wow. 2020. That's crazy. I found words like sun-kissed and glowing like a day on Bondi Beach Mm. and contour were (laughs) constantly used to market tanning products. And it is smart because who doesn't want to look like they've just vacationed on one of the world's best beaches or look like they've just spent hours at the gym contouring their abs? Like, I'm sold. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And this is a case in the West, but it's also emulated in the East with whitening products too, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. So globally, the demand for whiteners is climbing, projected to reach $31.2 billion by 2024, according to market intelligence firm Global Industry Analysts. That's a B with uh, like a, a billion. B, a... Yeah, billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And routine skin whitener use is at 40% in China, Malaysia, the Philippines, and South Korea, according to... The WHO, the World Health Organization. 
So you were saying that tanning products generally use sun-kissed, glowing, contour, mm -hmm. words like that. Whitening ads also have a similar punch. So they use angelic and soft language, like white is clean, white is pure, brightening and youthful to hook people in. See, that also hooks me in too. So Yeah, so which one do you go with? Right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, despite all the marketing, there are dangers to both sides of this. In the West, there are health risks associated with self-tanning products, and then that has led to a rise in natural and organic self-tanning products now on the market. Mm. But then there's exposure to sunlight as well. <sighs> Unfortunately, just in Australia, around 16,000 people were diagnosed with melanoma in 2018, according to Cancer Australia. Wow. And then they also predicted there'd be approximately 1,400 deaths from skin cancer in 2020. Whoa, and God. then you have your commercial solariums, which are actually illegal to operate in Australia because of the health risks associated with them. And thank God for that. Thank oh, God they're Thank illegal. God. Yeah. In fact, people who use a solarium before the age of 35 have a 59% greater risk of melanoma than those who don't use them, according to SunSmart. Oh, my God. I mean, this can be an episode in and of itself. Yeah. The dangers of tanning and whitening. And we'd be curious to know if you want us to do a follow-up episode just on the dangers of this. Just like how there's dangers to tanning and exposure to the sun, skin whitening products can also be very dangerous. So these products are referred to as skin bleaching and can include creams, soaps and pills. According to Healthline, there is actually no health benefit to whitening your skin. It's all aesthetic. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in fact, we found that skin bleaching creams have been linked to mercury toxicity, can cause dermatitis, and a scary thing called exogenous ochronosis. Mm. Any scientists, please let me know if I <laughs> just butchered that. And it's a skin disorder that causes blue-black pigmentation. And this usually happens if someone uses bleaching creams that contain hydroquinone, Again, let me know if I butchered that. Over a long period of time. You're doing well here, Shaz. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Junesies, where's your head at? Do you tan or whiten? What do you want to do now? I am so torn. Thinking back, I don't actually prescribe to one or the other, despite... Mm -hmm using tanning products most of the time. What I have found though, is that I kind of oscillate between wanting to tan and accepting my fair skin tone. And I've noticed that I'm majorly influenced by entertainment and media. Oh, mm. external factors. Yeah. So for oh, example, okay. if I was to watch Korean dramas and music videos, I won't want to tan. But then when I'm watching American and Australian TV shows and movies, I'm more inclined to tan. Okay. Mm. Yes. What about Someone you, Someone is Shazza? easily influenced. I know. I'm easily swayed. <laughs> I'm easy. What about you, Shaz? I think it's interesting that your decisions are affected by external factors, like TV shows. It really goes to show how influential pop culture is in different countries, because... 
you know, in Korea, pop culture is K-pop. Mm-hmm. And if you delve into the K-pop world, you'll want, you know, a fairer complexion. But then say you watch, I don't know, what are some... Selling Aussies? Sunset. Selling Sunset. They all have gorgeous tans. And it makes you want to tan. So, personally, as I was growing up, I've always opted for tanning over whitening. And I think that's just because it's the beauty standard in, you know, my host country, Australia. But recently, I had a deep shower thought. As Shazza does. Yes, exactly. I think as everybody does. So for an Asian living in Australia to choose tanning, is that a subconscious decision to try to assimilate with Aussie culture? I mean, looking pale highlights that you're not truly an Aussie. You are so right. And you know, I, I practically live next to the beach. So if I'm pale and I'm walking on the beach... I literally look like an Asian tourist, but I'm an Aussie citizen, like I'm a local, and I want to communicate the fact that I am indeed an Australian. So it's kind of like an immigrant fitting in thing. I cannot believe this. You are so right. Without a doubt, this explains why I favour being tanned over pale so much. Mm -hmm. I want to fit in and I feel like I belong here when I'm tanned. Yeah. But as much as Australia is such a multicultural country, there's always that question of, do I really blend in here? Absolutely. On to the audience. If you're an Asian living in the West, which beauty standard do you subscribe to? Is it a personal preference or is your decision actually a sneakily influenced by external factors. Mm. And also from our research, it seems to say that tanning and whitening represents wealth. Mm -hmm. So do we want to portray the fact that we're from a higher socioeconomic class to be deemed desirable? Interesting. Also, it will be really interesting to see what the power of entertainment has on our mindset. So for example, if I said, Shaz, you only watch Western TV shows and movies for a week. Would you be more inclined to tan? And then mm-hmm. on the contrary, if I was to only watch Eastern TV shows and movies for a week, would I favour a lighter skin tone? Yeah, that is very true. I'm going to take a guess and say yes. Yeah, I think so too. I think so much of our decisions are influenced by the world around us, by our environment. And you know, by the beauty standards that are set in that particular country. I'd save so much money. Exactly. Not buying tanning products. And your sheets have to be washed every day. Solution. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just going to let my skin be because all this tanning and whitening talk is doing my head in. Girl, same. Although, watch me fake tan myself later this week. Mm, Oh, God. Okay, yeah. We love to hear your thoughts on this issue. And if you actually feel pressured to either tan or whiten because of your country's beauty standards, email us at crazybiarchasians at gmail.com or slide into the DMs on Insta at crazybiarchasians. We would love to hear from you. Oh gosh, that was a hot and heavy episode. But in all honesty, I have learnt so much from it all. I definitely agree. We will post all the links to the articles and studies that we've referenced in the show notes below. So if you want further reading, you can explore the topic yourself. And please subscribe to Crazy Biarch Asians on your favourite podcast app. And if you've got a sec, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can keep going. 
See you all on the Instagram at Crazy Biatch Asians for, not gonna lie, the best Asian memes. Thanks for listening and stay sun safe. <laughs> Chat soon, gang. Bye. Bye.